2023 is almost here. What's on deck for you? Some people hate New Year's resolutions, but me, I love the new year. Whether it's true or not, the mental reset plus hopefully a little downtime is essential for the soul. And I'm here for it. And as I thought about what I would share today, there's just so much. I wasn't sure if I should release a new episode, you know, being so close to Christmas or people going to listen. And honestly, I am kind of scared to share. And I did, uh, there's just so much going on. I did mushrooms, you know, the psychedelic assisted therapy again about a week ago and have had so much happen in the last month. And I'm going to share about the second experience today in the abridged version. Maybe I'll just put the real scoop on Patreon and also just make this a more public version. But I did want to share some of the personal updates here because there's a lot of things that are going to be available for you and there's so much going on in the background. Some real changes and growth, some exciting, some super scary, all of it super pivotal. And I did I have some really exciting news. I did want to thank you as this podcast has reached almost 200,000 downloads this year. And not only that, thanks to you, my amazing listeners, Culture Changers, this podcast was rated as the top podcast of 2022 for Atlanta Magazine. Now, I live in Atlanta, and there are some seriously big podcasts from here and originating from here, and I am just... I'm just so thrilled that you picked me. Thank you. Thank you. It's so exciting. Atlanta Magazine is a really big deal. And to be like the only one, like top podcast for 2022, I'm just thrilled. So if you don't follow this podcast yet, please do. And while you're at it, text it to a few friends, will you? So as I'm thinking about the past year, personally and culturally, I'd love to get your thoughts on this too. It's been a doozy. When I think of the bigger society, I think we're moving into a culture that no longer glorifies hustle, no longer glorifies working hard and making iron strength and resolve as the pillar of aspiration, but a culture that is valuing rest and peace and connection and true health and intuition more than it ever has. Mother Earth is breathing again. And what a gift. And as I was thinking back to a few years ago, this really kind of hit me. I have a group of girlfriends that I met when I did CrossFit. And this was probably, I don't know, this is probably, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago. And we have these girlfriends and I have always stayed close. And while CrossFit really isn't my thing, I love the communities that they've been able to foster and develop because my girls are total baddies. We still try and get together several times a year and stay close after all this time. And I remember we got together for one of our dinners to catch up a few years back. And as we always do, we check in on each other. What's been going on? How is work? How's the relationship? How are you feeling in general? And, you know, like we're all kind of going around and and sharing what's going on for us. And I remember talking about my schedule at the time. 
And at the time, it was wake up at 4.30 a.m., work out at 5, shower at the gym, change into work clothes, get to the office by 6.30 a.m. Because my gym, I would go to the gym that's right across from my office at the time. And I would have my carefully prepared food already proportioned or portioned into the right protein, fat, carb combination. It was packaged. It was packed. And I would work all day until five and do podcast stuff during lunch. I would get the kids, take them to their activities, get home, get them bathed, fed, work on the podcast, fitting in interviews, writing, being a part of masterminds, coaching programs, squeezing in time with my husband at some point, running from here to there, being everything to everyone. And some of this may sound very familiar to you. You might be in the same kind of cycle. And as I, and this again was a few years ago, as I, you know, would proudly talk about how productive I was, you know, like proud with my chest, proud too, multitasking, accomplishing a lot of different tracks in a little time, you know, like the superhuman strength, stuffing every day to the max. And I remember one of my friends saying, girl, I don't know how you do it. You're a superwoman. And my other friend, Michelle, looked at me with almost a what the fuck face, like, yeah, that's not good. That is not the life I want. And boy, she was right. It was the first time I realized that being superwoman was a losing battle. It's taken me years to start dismantling that ideal that I'd been chasing for so long and wondering if that wasn't the goalpost, what would replace it that would be better? It almost kind of leaves you flapping in the wind like, What else? If not this, this is what, you know, kind of society and culture has told you for years and years and years. Money is king. Productivity is king. What else? And through the pandemic, I would say, you know, commenting on it, we've all come out a little bruised, a little more socially awkward, and a lot more willing to reevaluate what really matters in a post-pandemic world. And as many of you know, I quit my corporate job in April of this year, and I've been in technology sales for almost 25 years and, you know, like the corporate side of things. And while I love making making money, I took a big ass bet on myself and wanted to pursue my creative endeavors fully and make a run at it. And it was scary, 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 scary. It still is. And I had a limited time, again, this was April of this year, and I had a limited time to make it work, you know, living on our reserves that we've been building for so many years. And it's like one of those things where it's like, I keep thinking of that phrase, burn the boats, we're burning the boats. And uh, Jesus, you really want to burn the boats? It's been the most stressful and the most beautiful time I could have ever imagined. And I ended up taking about three months to detox Actually, I'm still kind of detoxing. There's a lot in it. There's a lot of programming in it. But I made a choice that right out of the gates, I wasn't going to make any decisions on what I was going to do next. If something naturally unfolded, fine, I would take it. But there was no uh, proactive coaching, no hiring professionals. There was no uh, looking for outside answers and guidance until I legitimately quieted myself enough or quieted myself down enough to hear my own thoughts, which I have not done in years. And I just wouldn't put a timeline on it. I just would let it unfold. 
So I really did go inward. Lots of solo hiking, even solo overnight hiking. I did two 12-hour solo walks with no technology, like no podcast, music, audio, music, audiobooks, nothing. And I tried magic mushrooms for the first time, uh, which if you want to hear more about it, and again, it was like the psychedelic assisted therapy, not just getting blasted out of my brain. You know, you can go back and hear it on episode 150. And through all of this, I've been doing lots of journaling and time in nature. And what you may not know about me is that I'm a complete roller coaster fanatic. I love roller coasters. I love amusement parks. And the summer especially, and even after, I had clocked in more visits to Six Flags that I thought they would kick us off of our season pass. We were like essentially abusing it, but really got a chance to reconnect with my children as well. And there was just so much magic through the murkiness you know, of where, how, and when am I going to create an income again? But I couldn't ignore how much good and how much gratitude I have for some of the magic that happens when you have unplanned plans, really. You know, I went from being a high six-figure earner to walking away from it all to build from the ground up. And I'll say it's a ballsy move. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I know it's kind of bold. You know, it's not like we had this enormous, you know, comfort of walking away. And so I launched a Patreon to help offer a way for listeners to support the show. And especially as an independent podcaster, that support goes a long way. And if you'd like to become a Culture Changers member and help me on this journey, you can get bonus episodes as well as episodes ad-free and early, uh, only for a few dollars a month. Again, it really makes a huge difference for me, and I'm so grateful for it. And there are bonuses, and they're all listed on there. Uh, But you can go to patreon.com forward slash culture changers. And if you aren't able to support financially, the best way to help the show is to share it with your friends and in your network, especially if the content made you think, changed you, or even if it pissed you off. I hope you'll take a moment to write a review on your favorite podcast player and, of course, to follow it so you never miss a future episode. And, you know, like, I guess if it pisses you off, maybe you shouldn't write a review. I don't know. But anyway, um, I have truly the greatest listeners in the world. And what I've learned is you, the listener, you are people who care about causes You are very self-aware and you care about getting better in all aspects that matter in your life. And that's been cool for me to witness and also continue serving content that's going to feed you and change you. And I also wanted to mention a new challenge that I'm launching in January. It's totally free. And one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that the easiest and fastest way to change a path or offer a new possibility is to do something new. It can be super small. It can be big. It can be massive. It can be something physical and it can be something mental or emotional or even just, you know, how your brain thinks. And I love the concept of neuroplasticity and neuroplasticity is kind of a buzzword, right? And it's defined as the ability of the nervous system to change its activity in response to intrinsic or extrinsic stimuli by reorganizing its structure, 
functions or connections after injuries. And essentially what that means is re-architecting the way your brain responds to stimulus. So if you've had traumas, big and small, your brain starts wiring itself in a way to protect you from harm, which is exactly what it's supposed to do until it no longer serves you. Until it no longer serves you. So all those protections, those walls, those things that have happened to kind of protect you from it, all of a sudden it becomes a cage instead of something to to help you. And that cage we want to get rid of, right? Like we want to kind of really take stock and figure out what is there to really protect you and what is is preventing you from moving forward. So if you're looking to open new possibilities in the new year, I would suggest you join me in the new, new challenge. Yeah, I said it twice, new, new. So sign up, there's a private Facebook group, great community. You get 31 fresh ideas uh, for the month of January to keep your brain opening and opening and opening to invite new possibilities. And if you were part of December's clearing challenge, you got the benefits of clearing space in your physical sense and your mental and emotional uh, sense as well in preparation for 2023. Because if you have too much stuff clogging the pathways, it's harder to move with ease. So this will be a natural progression. And if you'd like to sign up, you can go to alisonhair.com forward slash new new. And let's do it together. I'm going to be doing it too. All right. So do you want to hear about the second mushroom experience? Of course you do. And that's probably why you clicked on this. You saw the, the headline and you're like, uh, yeah, what is this crazy girl going to do now? What did you do now? So again, if you want to hear the first one, and the first time I did it is episode 150. But this time... It was totally different. And I have to say, you've got to listen all the way through because when I tell you about my experience, what I recall and what actually happened are two completely separate scenarios. So crazy. And I will say, I am a complete control freak in general. And as I've probably mentioned this before, I don't really drink. I've never been into drugs, even in college with lava lamps and stuff that just never appealed to me. And really the truth is like anything, drugs, alcohol, they all make me want to go to sleep and that's it. I just, you know, I wish I was like the kind of girl that could have a few drinks and then I'm on the bar or having fun. It isn't. I'm like in bed going to sleep. And that's just, I guess that's just the way my genetic makeup is. But the psilocybin or magic mushrooms is a totally prescriptive experience and why I'm doing it at, you know, at this age for the first time, the second time, really. And this time, I went in with a different intention than my first. And so I'm skipping over a bunch of stuff. I may release a more detailed version on Patreon, but for now, my hope was to remove money blocks, meaning... I wonder if some of the programming that I've been conditioned to believe, whether it was myself and through my family and generations, could I actually be limiting myself on how much money I can earn because of my own self-worth and values? So I'll say that again, like, is my self-worth and my own, you know, self-value preventing me from earning what I think I can earn? And, you know, when I think about my skill set 
my talent, my experience. And then I think about what I'm earning. I'm like, wait, something is missing here. And, you know, I've, if you've listened to me for a while, you'll know that I have long, and I'm trying to reprogram this, that productivity and earning has really equated to value for me, self-value. And without it, what am I? Who am I? Am I worthy? And that is something that I'm trying to dissemble. So I'm going to disassemble. So if you can hold this thought, we'll put a pin in it and this will get deep. So in this ceremony, the one I did uh, about a week ago, a week and a half ago, I was in a group with about 13 people and uh, presided over two shamans or two shamans presided over it and five trained facilitators working with all of us. And the facilitators are, you know, in many cases, they are uh, um, psychologists, psychiatrists, therapists, healers, and people that are also uh, trained, like literally trained on how to handle and hold space for um, psychedelic assisted therapy. And so these are people that are really well equipped. And this particular group, takes the ancient wisdom and practice of plant medicine and its healing benefits incredibly seriously, down to the indigenous stones, the tribal feathers, natural elements, and tools from the furthest reaches of the earth. And, you know, all the way even to how you interact, there's an altar at the middle of this, which is called a mesa. And there are like certain ways and etiquette on how to, you know, essentially set this up and the natural flow of it to make sure that you have the best experience or the most effective experience possible. Um, And so that, that was kind of cool to kind of step into another world. And so this is like a two day event, right? And so the first day is, is the majority of time. And we spend five hours, five hours working on prep, deeply working on setting our intention and preparing us for the ceremony. And during that five hours, we did this deep journaling to discover what our core beliefs and our core fears are, and also deciphering what are our needs and wants and desires, and how do they, you know, are there paradoxes? Are there some that are blocking each other? And all of this practice is, is you know, it, it's, it's to continue excavating where the root is for each person. And I'll tell you, this stuff is hard to go so deep into. Did I just say this is hard to go so deep? I'm still 12. (laughs) Anyway, all this preparation is critical to set the intention for the medicine. Essentially, you're boiling it down to one or two asks of the medicine. And as I mentioned, I wanted to remove money blocks. And as you can imagine, I left my corporate career. I didn't have a net, you know, like I only have a limited time of reserves that that were working through until I could find some way to earn a substantial income. We are a two income, uh, income house and I love to work. So this, all of this has been completely rewiring. And so, you know, what is it? It's December, April, 12, four. So eight months in and I haven't figured it out. So you can imagine my frustration around, oh my God, did I make the right decision? The answer is yes, I definitely made the right decision, but what's next? I haven't figured it out. And so there is an urgency, there's a stress, there's, 
you know, an anxiety around, uh, am, am I going to figure this out? Are we going to be okay? Are we going to be okay as a family? Am I going to be okay? And, you know, removing these money blocks, this girl needs to earn some damn money for my family. And I'll be honest, I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know how. And one of the things I've been discovering with my actual therapist is how skeptical I've become of everything. So this may, you may relate to this in a couple of ways. And this is like, you know, from a pop culture perspective, I consume a lot of content around cults. I'm like a cult enthusiast. Is that even a thing? Is that even okay to be a thing? But I think cults are fascinating, you know, but I consume a lot of content around cults, politics, true crime, you know, things that are like super fascinating and surround an ever interesting topic around human behavior, you know, like scam fluencers. I don't know if you've listened to that one. And, you know, like there's so many um, uh, scam goddess, you know, I, it says scam goddess. And was I in a cult? A little bit culty, all of these ones, you know, sounds like a cult. And so I, I consume a lot of this. And what I started to realize, it's like a car crash that you can't look away from. But it's really impacted me. And even news, you know, news, yeah, I I don't really um, watch the news, but sometimes I'll pop in and check into some podcasts around it. And I realized that it really has impacted me in a negative way. And I've become so watchful that I'm not going to be snowed by anybody. You know, you're always watching your back. I'm too smart to get duped. And just like a high alert vigilante, it's exhausting to always feel like nothing is really safe and almost everything is a cult. And once you start to peel it back, you know, and are those cults safe, you know? And so I'm like trying to rise above or be too smart for it. And then, God, it's just exhausting. So that's one aspect, but the other, so we'll hold that for a second about the skepticism over, you know, what is real. That's one aspect. But the other is that I become so deep into my own self, own jar, that I'm not trusting anymore. I'm skeptical about manifestation in the spiritual world. I mean, I really love this stuff, but I don't know that I buy all the way into it. And I, I buy into some of it for sure. But is the universe really going to take care of me as, as all the influencers promise? the manifestation influencers promise. I'm skeptical about religious zealots that are taking my rights away, especially as a woman. Their blind faith towards God and trying to force it on others makes me question, God, can I believe in him? And that one is a really big one. I probably should do a Patreon episode on uh, my thoughts around religion and really the questions that I continuously have. And I've become skeptical of my own abilities to have the answers. So I continuously look externally for validation and answers. And I think, you know, I think somewhere in my head, I think I've gotten myself into such a situation. I don't know if I can trust myself. You know, it's like walking on a, a tight wire and that everything has to be perfect. And that's not the answer. That's not the case. And I have to take the pressure off. So... I have become skeptical that I can't even trust myself. So I went into the ceremony thinking that I need to focus on removing money blocks and trusting again. But I didn't realize 
I needed to go even deeper than that. (sighs) When I started to peel back the layers with this group, I started to cry uncontrollably. And mind you, this was before I took anything, before I took any mushrooms. And I was asked, you know, as we kind of went around in this, this, uh, you know, it was a really safe space and a really open forum and pointed, you know, and was asked why I felt such a block on me earning wealth. And at first I was like, you know, I think it's generational. I think my mother, you know, my dad, like whatever it was. And, uh, you know, I realized that one of my core fears is that I won't ever be able to earn money doing what I love. I can only earn good money doing a job I hate. I'll say that again. My core fear, and this came out so hard, that I'm so afraid that I won't be able to earn money doing what I love. I love this podcast. I love writing. I love speaking. I love public speaking. I've done all of this for free for years. And I can only earn good money doing a job that I hate. And I got really used to it. And when I dug deeper, I felt my whole body just start to release. And I tried to collect myself. And should I even say this here? Please have compassion for what I'll say. When it came down to it and I started crying and I started putting myself back into what is this fear? What does this fear feel like? And, you know, I told them, I have poured my heart and soul into this podcast and this blog. I love it so, so much. And it feels so expansive and week after week after week have laid my heart bare and it's still not enough. My most beautiful and heartfelt of insides that I share here are still not enough. And how am I measuring this? By fucking downloads? You know, when I hear from you guys and I hear how it's impacted you, it means the world, but I'm struggling, you know, like from a financial perspective, trying to figure it all out. And they said, that's it. Not enough. That's it right there. You got it. And at this point, someone came over with a box of tissues And I was off to the races. Like, I just couldn't control the tears as I had said it out loud. I mean, this podcast, I work so hard at this. But I, you know, I love every bit of it. But it is so much work, almost four years of work. And I wanted to resonate. I wanted to be powerful, not just an outlet for me, but a refuge for you. A place where you can feel heard and seen and know that you are not alone and I am not alone. And also that these conversations really matter and impact you because they matter and impact me. So as we kind of boiled this down and I was, you know, like just, I felt like I had said it, I put it out there and my intention and my ask was, 
medicine, because you talk directly to the medicine in these intentions. Medicine, show me the dynamics around not being good enough and help me release those energies gently with grace and ease. So that's it, you know? Essentially, how, show me the dynamics. It's like a discovery. Show me about not being good enough and help me release. Help me release. Help me let it go. And so as we went around, you know, and, and we're ready, the mushrooms were ceremoniously handed out, perfectly portioned for each person with great intent, and the shaman presided over an invocation. And I sat down on my yoga mat with my blankets and bolster pillow and eye mask, and the music was turned on, and it was time. And they say that each experience is unique. You can never predict what will happen and what you'll see, how you'll feel. It's always different. It's always different. And in this particular type of ceremony, since it's so intentional, is a healing practice with so much care around it. Like I said, we're taught that there are no bad trips. There can be some experiences that are more comfortable than others. But when there is discomfort, it usually signifies some type of release. And through all the homework I've done on this over the past few months, the one answer is clear. The medicine will always give you exactly what you need, that the medicine is intelligent. It knows exactly what you need and will show you it. And I'll say that the first experience back in August was so beautiful. It was joyful. It was whimsical. The visions were vivid and powerful, and the answers were so clear. And the medicine kept working for weeks afterward where I could feel marked differences. I journaled about all of it. I even did a podcast about the aftermath as well. And they say that in the right setting, doing right setting meaning like it's an assisted uh, therapeutic setting. Doing a psilocybin or magic mushroom ceremony is like accelerating 10 years of therapy in one experience. 10 years of therapy in one experience. Yes, sign me up for that. The cost is worth it. So I chewed the mushrooms from my little wooden bowl. It's got a really mild taste. They're like dehydrated. And we're ready to go. And about after 20 minutes, it almost felt like I was strapped to the yoga mat. Not restrained, but almost frozen. That I didn't want to move or I was afraid to move. And I could start to see greens and yellows. And it started out as lush plants. And then I was trying to decipher if it had turned to chocolate, like actual chocolate, which I think it might have. And you know, I love chocolate. So maybe that's the richness that I'm hoping for. I don't know. But they say that the beginning part of the experience is called a rise. And that's where your body just relaxes. And it's like settling in with a glass of wine. I'd gone to the bathroom before it kicked in, so I didn't feel the urge to go, which is always uh, uh, something I'm worried about, you know, that I have to go to pee all the time, but was, you know, I was nervous. I was still nervous. So I was tempted to go and get it out of the way, but I didn't. I was just kind of frozen on the mat. And this time, you know, like it, it, it is a journey. It really is a journey. So you have the rise and then it changes where the music gets darker. And then, you know, as you move through it, it, it gets lighter again. And I definitely felt more nauseous this time. It 
would seem darker and not as bright. And I would open my eyes and see the facilitators beautifully moving through the space. There were seven of them. And there were so many colors when I opened my eyes. And I was definitely seeing double or maybe even triple. And I, you know, I would, I would have the eye mask on. I would take it off just to see if I could be present, you know, and what would it look like? You know, cause I think last time I had the eye mask on for, I think most of the time in this one, I was like, well, what am I seeing? You know, what am I actually seeing when I open my eyes instead of in my mind? And, you know, when I looked, it almost felt like a grid of neon rainbow colors. And it was so interesting as if light was shining through, even though it was pitch dark outside. And in this building, there are lots of windows, you know, and there's, I think, even like a, a sunroof. So there's natural light, but it was pitch dark. It was nighttime, except for some candles and maybe low lights. So it was like the light was shining through. And one of the facilitators was nearby and he was waving these big tribal feathers back and forth. And I assume it was to move the space around. And, you know, the facilitators can actually kind of see the energy. I think they are, I don't know, they can see the energy and move it, physically move it. And I could see another one appear to be dancing in this beautiful sequence to also move the energy about. And there were times I could hear myself talking and I would say, it's okay, it's okay. And I could feel moments of getting excited and squealing like, ah! and definitely feel myself smile. And I think I remember laughing a lot and being goofy, maybe even connecting with one of the facilitators when they would check on me or, I don't know, maybe I was trying to start a conversation. I don't, I don't I remember just little snippets of it. And I kept pushing myself up to look around and see if it was going to be over. I mean, I didn't know if I was in or out or what time it was or where or what, you know, I knew where I was, but I didn't feel like I needed to throw up, but I sure felt like it would feel good if I did. And I remember getting up several times to pee later on in the experience. And this time, uh, something came through that was really strange that I felt such a strong sense of guilt and shame around the indulgences to even do this ceremony again. Like I was spending this money, I was off in another land, you know, like I was off in another realm really while my husband has unfailingly been supportive and held down the fort with the kids once again while I'm off trying to figure it out. And, you know, my husband is the bomb. He is the greatest. And I don't think he understands fully what I'm trying to do. He's just trusting me, even though the evidence isn't there for his engineer brain. And, you know, I, I felt shame. I felt guilt. Like, why can't I, why can't I do this for him? Why can't I show him? You know, why, why is he so unfailingly trusting when I'm just out here? And, uh, it was a shitty feeling, you know, it was a shitty feeling. And in this particular moment during the experience, I felt awfully alone. And I kept looking for my mother or my family, but just felt like I was wrestling that feeling in my gut. And I could hear some other people in, in this experience sobbing, not like in, in my vision, like literally in the room sobbing. And I think I saw groups of people surrounding that person in love. And maybe that's where I kept saying, it's okay. You know, like I felt like I can help, I can help, you know, can I, can I give love or whatever it is, you know? 
And I kept reminding myself to just let go and not try to decipher everything in the moment. I think I would stretch out and think about dancing or something. And at this point, I was I was really feeling sick and wanted it to be over. And as it was wrapping up and I was, I guess, waking up, someone made me some soup and I, I couldn't even stomach one bite. I remember asking one of the facilitators to let my husband know that I was ready to go. It was time to come get me. And, you know, but seriously, I don't, I don't remember what was real or not. And again, I knew I was safe. I knew this, all of this was normal and there were holding space. I never felt like I was not safe. It was part of it, you know, it was part of it. If you did feel uncomfortable, I had no idea about the time and it was pouring rain outside the entire night too, which, you know, they, they call it when it rains is purification. It's the earth's purification, which I kind of like rain being purification instead of just dreary weather that stops all motivation is kind of a nice reframe. And so Chris had taken me home. Chris is my husband. And he said that I was super affectionate in the car, you know, that I was like trying to put my head in his lap. And I remember him kind of giggling at me. He's not used to seeing me out of my mind. You know, I think there was maybe he could probably count on his one hand how many times he's ever seen me drunk, you know, after knowing each other for 13, 14 years, you know, and I could see him like amused and kind of giggling at seeing me in this state. And he was awesome. And, you know, when I got home, I didn't take off my clothes. I didn't even go to the bathroom. I just got in my bed fully clothed and just crashed and slept like shit. You know, I think that's normal for like 24 hours that you're not all there. It doesn't just, you don't just snap out of it. So, you know, one of the things I just love about these particular ceremonies and facilitators is that the actual ceremony is only part of it. The most important equation is that it is preceded by true preparation and proceeded with integration, essentially getting expert assistance from therapists and healers to help you decode what you experienced and integrate it into your life. It's kind of like making sure you can soak up every bit of benefit, get the clarity you need and point it in the right direction. And I'll tell you, If this kind of experience is speaking to you on your own healing journey, I'll give you an opportunity to connect with me later on it. I am setting up experiences of all kinds in 2023 that you can join me on. So more on that later. It's kind of exciting. All right. So remember I told you that what I experienced during my ceremony was completely different from what actually happened. So check this out. So I go back the next day for integration. So integration is a couple hours. We kind of all go around in a circle, share what we did, you know, what we saw, we experienced, what we remembered, what it felt like. And the facilitators kind of help us decode it. And going in, to be honest, I was a little bummed that my experience wasn't as joyful as the last time. And it was more vague, you know, it was more muddy. And it was so interesting to hear about the other's experiences what I loved about meeting the other people, both men and women, in a curious and open, safe space, it's almost like everyone walking in there laid their armor down to go deeper and heal some of the wounds, maybe the wounds big and small that you know we all carry. And when you walk into that space, that physical space, you know you're in a different vibe. 
The energy is potent. You can feel it. It's light. It's intentional. Everyone involved is way serious about every detail and that each person and the medicine is honored to their highest good. And as a control freak, I would be, and some of you may relate to this to my fellow control freaks, I would be totally scared to do this out in the wild somewhere, like by myself or even recreationally with friends. I don't know that I would feel safe anywhere unless it was a super controlled environment. And what I loved about this is to be watched, to be cared for, looked after and trusted that I would be safe no matter what. And I know this sounds kind of weird, but I needed a witness. I needed a witness, you know, like I am not fully there. And what do others see? So can I get a witness? So as we went around and started to see what kind of shifts and answers and messages and feelings and experiences others had, it was my turn. So I started sharing what I could remember and I was like I said, I was disappointed that I didn't see so clearly this time. I didn't, it didn't feel as happy or clear or whiz, you know, whimsical. It felt lonely and I was still nauseous at this point. I never threw up, but I wasn't completely out of it either. It felt darker, you know, like maybe I'm wrestling with ego. And as they say, the psychedelics are known as the ego killer because it joins you with the world instead of you being solo, right? You being by yourself. And I've said before, it's like in our day-to-day life, I'm in the jar. I can't see the label on the jar or how it connects to the rest of the universe. I'm just swirling around in it and sometimes swirling in circles. And the medicine connects all the dots. It helps you zoom out and it helps you see in context with the rest of the world and connects you. It's actually very cool, but it was so much more vague for me this time. So when the facilitators and the shaman, shamans explained what they witnessed from me, it was a totally different story. They said I got up and danced almost the entire time. I was like, I did what? I remember absolutely none of this. Yeah, they said I was dancing. They said it was so childlike and that it was like my pure essence was light and uh, smiling and beautiful and that I couldn't stop saying, oh, it's so beautiful. And that, uh, oh my God, I, I didn't have that. It was so crazy. And I kind of remember me feeling like maybe I was being obnoxious, like trying to make conversations. Like, you know, if someone's checking on me, like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm good. How are you? You know, like I'm trying to have a conversation or something, but I had no idea that the story was so different. And, you know, like I said, in a, in the psychedelic realm, realm, especially in a therapeutic manner, they say there's no such thing as a bad trip. And whenever discomfort is part of it, it's your body and your mind releasing, letting go of what is no longer needed. And maybe what was left behind was my true essence, just dancing, dancing, and so much joy. And what I guess is a better ending and one I'm happy to embrace, even though I don't see it. And isn't that a metaphor for us all? I mean, how many of us are so deeply in loved and revered by the people we hold close, yet we feel like complete pieces of shit and unworthy and assume we aren't nearly as important to others as others feel we are? 
which is such a shame. You know, sometimes people will say things to me, you know, I love your energy or I love when you're around. And meanwhile, I'm walking around thinking everyone hates me and that I'm too much or not enough or that I'm too obnoxious or too loud or too strong or too, uh, you know, big mouthed or whatever, or that I'm just not good enough. And people will say kind things and I immediately negate it. Maybe we should all have our funerals while we're all alive so we can know how much we mean to people because I don't think I'm alone in that. And as I'm told, you know, the mushrooms continue working for the weeks and even months afterward, which, like I said, happened the last time, even though I was skeptical that it was true. So I'll keep reporting back on it, okay? And I still have so much to tell you about, but for now, I'll tell you what's on deck for next year and how you can work with me to spark your own journey. Yes, you heard that right. There are ways that you can work with me. So I've created, you know, I've been working with a a branding agency and I've uh, uh, created a business plan for 2023. And there's so much that I have to offer in terms of experience, resources, connections, facilitation, ideas, and even just the creativity. You know, one of the things that I've learned um, is that when someone badass, and by the way, anyone who listens to this show is truly a badass. And I know this because I hear from you and you are freaking rock stars. And you know, I love people who are self-aware and people who aren't self-aware aren't really into this show. People who do care about getting better, they're the ones who are listening right now. And if you're feeling that itch to do something more purposeful or just trying to figure out how to serve in a different way that you need, you know, sometimes what you need is just someone to hear you, someone to see you, someone with lots of resources and creativity that can bounce ideas off of and help you have accountability, even to say it out loud, saying it out loud to someone you trust could be the catalyst that changes the direction of your entire life. So as you look to 2023, what are your hopes? Do you want more time with your family? Do you want more peace, more fulfillment? What does that look like? What does it feel like? Do you want to have more meaningful relationships? Less busyness? Maybe a change in your career? Maybe to be paid what you're worth? A change in your physical space? more vacation, more travel, more fun, more joy, more play. What is important to you? So here's how I can help and you can work with me. The first thing is the easiest thing, this podcast. Keep listening. Make sure you're following it week in and week out. Keep sharing it. And most importantly, let me know what you want to hear and I'll keep bringing experts in the fields that mean the most to you and covering those topics of where you might be struggling or exceeding or uh, just really interested and curious about. And if you want to support me as a podcast creator, go to patreon.com forward slash culture changers. And also, if you want a super easy way to jumpstart a new new year, Join me in the new New Year Challenge by going to allisonhair.com forward slash new new, and it is free. The second way, this is super fun. I'm very excited about this. I am doing 90-minute power hours. Now, if you're wondering, that doesn't make sense. It's my rules. I'm calling it 90-minute power hour. 
But for 90 minutes, I'm going to uh, only be taking 10 people over the next 90 days to do a 90-minute power hour with me. And essentially, it's a chance for you to start the year off the way you want to, to share everything you're hoping to accomplish. You can brainstorm, bounce ideas off of me. We can get creative. I can help leverage any resources and guidance that I have to help you move forward and put a plan in action and have some accountability around it. No more playing small. Again, sometimes saying it out loud to another person sets it in motion and you have to take the first step. So I'm going to send an email out shortly with this offering. So make sure you're subscribed to alisonhair.com and get my weekly emails. And the third way, oh, I'm so excited about this. Uh, I've been dreaming this up for months. So you know, all of these uh, all of these adventures that I've been going on, people keep asking me, what's next? What's she going to do next? God, I would love to do that. So I'm creating in-person bespoke wellness adventures. And right now I'm calling it Atlanta Wellness Tours, but stay tuned on the name. I'm coming so close to changing the name of this podcast and rebranding all around. So stay tuned. But here's what I know. Lots of people go on vacation. They go on these amazing retreats that are like paradise. And here's what happens. They come back. They're excited. They might even be rested and have some fun pictures and memories that they've made. And they come right back crashing into reality without the tools to help them integrate some of the calm and peace that they might have briefly experienced. So I am facilitating meaningful and unconventional in-person events much like the ones I've been doing solo, in unique places all over the world, some local to Atlanta, inviting experts and facilitators and building a community to help bring women back to their roots, bring you back home to yourself using natural elements and creating a space for you to be free and open your arms wide and uh, invite wonder and curiosity back and do it efficiently and effectively and tapping back into your own wisdom that you accidentally left behind. So this way you can feel supported in 2023. And my goal is to watch you generate new possibilities out of thin air. So how exciting is that? So if this is speaking to you, I'm almost finished building it out. But I would get all over the wait list at allisonhair.com forward slash well. And as soon as those details are available, I'm going to send it right out to you. There's also a quick five question survey that will help me put the final touches on it. And I know I've sent a lot, I've said a lot of URLs, challenges, information, wait lists, all kinds of episodes, that kind of stuff. All of it's in the show notes. And all of this is super exciting. And I'm wishing you and your loved ones a very, very happy holiday season. And if this is a tough season for you, for whatever reason, I am wishing you comfort and letting you know you are never alone. I love you and I'm so glad you're here with me. Let me be here for you. Be good to yourself so you can be better for others. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.